You're listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody. Actually, no. Normally, I would say, hey, everybody, jump in. And then later in the podcast, I would do some shout outs to the people that make the podcast possible. But, but all of a sudden, I, 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 I think I found a more efficient thing. And so instead of saying, hey, everybody, what I'm going to say is, hey, Peter Tubbs. Hey, Elizabeth Fetter, my friend since like I was born. Hey, Charles Phipps. And, and, and Mike W. Brian Broom, my old buddy from, from the Bay Area. Hey, Angela Russell. Mark Allen, Connie Dollins, Rob Bronson, and good old Daniel Jones. You all know who you are, and I know who you are. And now the people who listen to this podcast know who you are, and they have you to thank for this podcast existing. You and some of them and a lot of us, because there's a whole gang of people that are into this thing. And that are making it happen by supporting it through Patreon. So this is your shout out. This is your, hey, this is your, I'm grateful for you being part of the team. And John Wright, I am grateful to you for being part of the team too. And you are here, are you not? I am. Hello, Bart. So John. Yes. I was just looking over today's question and it looks really interesting. I was, I was going to say something about the interesting, what makes life interesting, but I think if you've got an interesting question, we should jump right to it. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a Q&A episode. That's why you're here. That's exactly why I'm here. I do have a question from the audience. It says, hey, Bart, I listened to a speech by Attorney General William Barr at Notre Dame University in which he denounced, quote, militant secularists, end quote, and said they were trying to destroy the, quote, traditional moral order, end quote. Does this worry you as much as it does me? Well, first of all, I don't know whoever wrote that question. I don't know what you're doing listening to speeches at, at Notre Dame University in the middle of the week. Shouldn't you be at work? Um, but <laughs> yeah, he get, yeah I, I heard about this. He gave a speech at, at, at the Notre Dame Law School. And it's weird because he gave that speech and then Pompeo, the Secretary of State um, gave a speech to the Association of Christian Counselors. Oh, I saw the email about that. Uh, it was from the, uh, the 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 American Humanist Association. Oh yeah, I mean it was bizarre. Like if you went to the State Department, you want to talk about s separation of church and state? Literally, State Department. If you went to the to the State Department website, the the front cover of the State Department website said, yeah, being a Christian leader. That was what it was mm -hmm. all about. And Pompeo had evidently at this right. American Association of Christian Counselors, he gave this speech in which he was just like, listen, God is behind all of this. And you're right, like every secular organization in the world sort of stepped out and said like, look, it's fine for that guy to be a Christian. You know, but you're not allowed to use your government position or your government website to proselytize. Um, right. Which to, is, is exactly what it was. Yeah. Or to elevate Christianity above all the other faiths and say, listen, 
This is this is what America is really all about, Christianity. And 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 to elevate above other faiths, you know, or above non-faiths. So I mean it was re- it's really interesting that both of them should do this this week of all weeks. Do I detect a little bit of conspiratorial thinking? Well, I mean, this is the worst week in the Trump presidency from the perspective of the Trump presidency. Mm. You know, you've got impeachment around the Ukraine issue. The the needle is moving and more and more people in the center, if there is any center, or even more people on the Republican side are saying, like, look, we should at least look at this. And so his approval ratings are dropping. There are people that seem to be defecting. The leaking is happening. And and that's right, this, he's fighting a war on all fronts. Right. And at the same time that that's happening, he does this bizarre betray the Kurds and pull out of Turkey and and create chaos in the Middle East and, you know, give Putin and Assad Syria, northern Syria on a on a platter. Uh, you know, it's just it's just unconscionably weird stuff that even his Republican allies in Congress are upset about. I mean, when Lindsey Graham can pull his face out from behind President Trump, where he's kissing him right. copiously <laughs> yeah. and stand in front of him and say, this is an outrage. Right. <laughs> it, 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 Trump's not having a good week. And so at this moment, he sends two of his most loyal people out there. And instead of doing the usual sort of like, let's do something that's very simple, that's very, you know, very, very, uh, quiet, like, let's just highlight some of our values. You know, Barr gives this fiery speech in which he denounces the threat to America, not by Russia, right? Not by divisive politics. No. Not by climate change, but by militant secularists who are, who are conspiring to destroy the traditional moral order. Right, right, right. And who are, who are causing a rise of mental illness and drug dependency and, and, and violence. Right, you is know, the atheists causing all that stuff? Yeah, which is funny because, of course, like the weird thing is, of course, violence in this, secularism is on the rise in this country and violence is dropping. And you would think if you were the head of the Justice Department, you would know that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But this is flying yeah. in the face of statistics that say, hey, over there in Europe, which is way more secular, there's way less violence. There's way fewer mass shootings. Yeah. And you would think that the attorney general of the United States would be evidence based in the way he thinks, especially about things that he has jurisdiction to worry about, like the dr- like drug policy yeah. and violent crime. I mean, first, you would think he would know that. And of course, I think he does know that. I don't think this has anything to do with a real and genuine fear of secular, militant secularism. This is kind of like virtue signaling? This is rally your base. Right. Like Trump's base has boiled down to not just sort of nationalists and, you know, kind of the people that we think of as Trump's base, but it's really boiled down to evangelical Christians, Mm. white evangelical Mm -hmm. Christians. And you think like, what is the what is the most familiar way of saying, hey, stick with us, we have your back, than by denouncing secularism. And it's not like he's just saying these secularists are lost or mistaken or they don't recognize the risen savior. He's saying this is intentional. I mean, at one point, one, here's a direct quote. He says, this is not moral decay. It is organized destruction. Yeah. 
And this is really bad. I mean, what Pompeo is doing in his speech, where he's sort of saying, Chris, you know, we should be gui- we, we're guided by our Christian principles, where he's talking to a bunch of, of counselors and he's saying, like, as you counsel people, you know that like underneath the surface, it's all about proselytizing them to Jesus, that you want to show them that the only real solution to their problems is Jesus, which is one of the biggest problems I have with Christian counselors. And what's funny is I don't have a problem with Christians who counsel. I have a problem with people that counsel people towards Christianity. Right. But Pompeo, Pompeo's speech is problematic. And the fact that he throws it up there on – um that he throws it out there like that is a, is, is a real problem, that he puts it up on his website, um, that the Secretary of State of this country sort of is saying, hey, it's all about being a Christian leader, and we conduct our foreign policy with Jesus in mind. That, that's a problem. But bar stuff is way more dangerous. When the chief law enforcement officer in this country identifies secular people as a danger, as a force undermining secu- uh, undermining American society, I start to go like, geez, this sounds like those radio announcers in Rwanda calling the Tutsis cockroaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's way beyond an oddity. It's genuine worry. I guess my answer to the questioner's question is, yeah, I'm worried. Yeah. I, I think this could easily pass unnoticed, actually, if you didn't kind of have your radar up and be worrying about something like this. Yeah, and, and if you weren't a, stu- a student of history, because right. this is dangerous. Demonizing people, demonizing your fellow citizens, demonizing people for exercising the rights that you are charged with protecting. It, it, it's... It's dangerous. And we're finding this out. We're finding out that in this era, rhetoric can actually have consequences in terms of people doing bad things. In the, as the walls are closing in on Trump, you know, as, as he's under more and more pressure, you sort of see this rallying the base language. And, and the, the scary thing is, is that I just hate the idea that the way you rally your evangelical base is to make them afraid of secular people. I was listening, you know, I confessed last week in, in my email that, because we send out that email to people that are on the mailing list telling them about what's coming up on the episode. But yeah. I try to make it a devotional letter. And, and, and this last one, you know, sort of a devotion to love as a lifestyle. Right. And this last one, I talked about how I've, I've probably been listening to too many scary podcasts. And one of the podcasts I mentioned that I had been listening to was It Could Happen Here, which is all about the rising possibility of an American civil war. Mm. And- one of the things that the, the guy who makes that podcast, who's a foreign war correspondent, who's been through a few civil wars, he says is like when order breaks down, when people, when, when people sense that there's kind of an absence, a vacuum of authority, a lot of times they get scared and they lash out against whoever it is that they think is dangerous to them. And I really worry that if you sort of cast secular Americans as people that 
are actively trying to undermine everybody else, that that makes makes us vulnerable, that makes us targets if if and when there's a lapse in order to portray secular people. Right. It's in a, the direction of the curve. You know, it's not like this right now is going to pose an existential or civil threat to, to secular people or atheists at this current time. It's more where this is likely to go if it continues the direction of the curve. Yeah. And and the and the ears that it will fall upon and how it shapes society. I, th I think that's right. It, it could have a bad trend. But, you know, it, it, what's interesting is, is that it does affect the kind of political conversations that will be happening over people's Thanksgiving tables. Definitely. And I could, I could easily imagine somebody in that conversation turning to a, a relative and saying, well, you know, like, I don't trust, I don't trust anything you say. You're a secularist. Yeah. And, 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 and secularists don't love this country. You know, you, 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 act, you know, people like you are the ones that, that we have to worry about. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear it from you. And I, you know, I can imagine that being a real problem. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's always been conflated here in America, hasn't it? I mean, I grew up in another country. Evangelicalism there is something very different than it is over here. Uh, but it's almost a unique form of religion. It's almost like someone who loves the country and their symbol is the flag and someone who loves God and their symbol is the cross or the Bible or whatever. And all of that goes together for them into one American form of Christianity. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was Samuel Johnson who said patriotism is the last refuge of scoundrels. What's weird is, you know, in this country, I always remember going to these God and country nights at the, at the Philadelphia 76ers basketball games where they would have all the Christian players give their testimonies after the game. And it was this weird God and country conflation that, that this country is- The two, the, the two you know, things, evangelicals outside America and evangelicals within America have never seemed more like separate groups to me. Yeah. So therefore, then when you sort of say secularism is against God, secularism is also against America. <laughs> and that's really dangerous, that kind of religious bigotry. And so, so yeah, I, I found if I thought that Barr really believed what he was saying, it would be one thing. I think it's it's on his radar. I think he, he has some hostility towards secular people, but I don't think it's a huge issue for him. I don't think he sleep, lays awake at night worrying about it all the time. What's, <laughs> what's troubling to me is that you bring it out as a political tool. You guys, listen, this is, this is how we rally our base, right? This is how we stay in power. When key leaders in the Trump administration, even and Trump himself has done the same thing. I mean, at some point last week, he said, listen, let's not kid our, you know, America's a Christian country and it always will be. <laughs> it's just, it's so comical when he says it. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, what he means by Christian is very different than what my father or your father meant by Christian when they were preaching Jesus from the pulpit. Right. You know, Trump is not a red letter Christian, you know, trying to cleave to the cleave to the words of Jesus. Um, <laughs> no. I saw your dad this week, uh, along with about 100 other Christian leaders, came out in support of the impeachment inquiry. Yeah. And I thought they are the minority in the evangelical movement, but willing to part ways with the wider movement. 
Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, if somebody said to me, are you concerned about it? I am. And you say, well, what do you do about it? That's a different question. Well, and I think there are two things, like what you bring bringing up my dad and, and those people is I think it's really important when secular people are talking to each other mm-hmm. and when they're, when they're expressing their outrage, that they make it clear like, hey, this is one kind of Christian. You know, like there are other Christians that aren't like this. Right. Like it's very important not to lump all the Christians in together and say that Christians are the problem. That's what happens in a polarizing thing. They make you into a demon and then you make them into a demon for making you into a demon. And and they make you into one thing and you make them into one thing because they made you into one thing. And I think it's really important that we make it clear that there's a certain kind of evangelical Christian that thinks that militant secularism is the, is the, is the boogeyman. And then there are a whole bunch that don't. But I think that the other thing that we have to do is we have to become more vocal about not wanting to be demonized, which is different than more vocal about what assholes they are for demonizing us. I think it becomes incumbent upon somebody at Thanksgiving to say, when the politics come up and go like, you know, one of the scariest things that is happening is I feel like there are people out there that are trying to ramp up the idea that secular people are fomenting violence or don't love America or don't love love. And, you know, I, I saw this speech and I saw that. And what concerns me is I, I don't want to be seen as somebody who's against you or who's trying to undermine every, you know, the American way of life or that doesn't love this country or who doesn't love people who are people of faith or that's actively trying to undermine the faith of everybody out there. I'm not, they've got us wrong. And I'm, you know, I'm worried about being demonized. I think it's much, it's much better rather than saying you're a jerk for demonizing me is saying you've got me all wrong. They've got me all wrong. And I think we've got to become really articulate at explaining. I don't know a single secular person who wants to take anybody's right away to worship their God, own a Bible, carry a Bible, pray, belong to churches. There isn't that energy in the secular movement. Mm-mm. But that's not what they're accusing. That's not what Barr's talking about. No. What Barr's talking about is these people want to overturn the moral order. They, that, That's that, right. That, yeah. that they don't respect marriage, that they don't respect any kind of order, that they want everybody to be a, a drug addict, that they that they have no moral compass. It, you know, it's 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 Phil Zuckerman who we had on the show a few weeks ago, sort of saying what he's he's raising up the order is is that if you don't believe in God, you can't be a good person. And that's where I think it becomes really incumbent, not just to say, I'm not trying to undermine your Christianity, but to say, it really hurts me when somebody says that because I don't believe in God, I don't believe in goodness or love or morality. Here's the reasons why I do. I'm not trying to infringe on your rights and freedoms. I'm merely standing up for my own. Yeah. And and my values are the same as yours. Right. Yeah. See, because what Barr wants to say is, if you don't believe what I believe, you don't have any moral values. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, that's why he's saying like th- these godless people, 
Like they're the ones that are trying, I mean, they're the ones that are trying to destroy this country. I mean, completely ignoring the fact that like, if I took all the mass shooters that in this country in the last 50 years and like ranged them up on a, Hey, what do you believe about God stuff? <laughs> it, th there would be a, there's a lot more mass shootings in the name of Jesus. And so it, I think it's just really important that we become articulate about the way in which our secularity connects to our values. It isn't coincidental. It is precisely be, like our, sec, our values rest on our worldview the same way other people's very similar values rest on very different worldviews. And so to sort of say like, listen, I, I, I got a lot of tolerance when it comes to other worldviews. I don't, I don't have any more tolerance than Bill Barr when it comes to moral values. Like if you, if you believe in cruelty, if you believe in violence, if you, you know what, I, those are not my values, but my values sit on my secularism. And so secularism doesn't disqualify me from having those values. The, the Pompeo thing is just this kind of naked open thing of saying like, we've got a guy in power who's catering to the Christians. So we're going to like trample on the constitution. We're going to trample on the separation of church and state. We're going to use our positions of power to promote our religion, which is just so antithetical to what America is all about. Pompeo troubles me because it is promoting Christianity. Barr bothers me because he's demonizing secularity. Yes, but very related and linked and overlapping. And, they, and, and, and it's not coincidental that they're happening at a moment in which- Yeah, you're saying they're coming from the same place at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think there's an orchestrated game plan. Mm -hmm. So look, like, you know, we've got to rally the base. We've got to remind people, especially remind the Christians, we're their party, we're their, we're their administration. Yeah. So, you know, the process of impeachment and the investigations that are going on. I'm not even weighing in on that right now. What I'm saying is, is that the collateral damage of that political fight is that demonizing secular people and promoting Christianity through the state are all of a sudden really good strategies for the administration. And, and what we need to realize is that we, we, need to, we need to attend to that, to that wildfire because if that sucker takes hold, it could be really bad, not just for us, but for the country. Yeah, and it seems almost to me like a resurgence of some old stuff. I mean, you remember decades ago the, uh, the religious right fighting with the left and and with secularity and the, and the whole thing the culture wars there and but this feels different it feels like it's got more teeth or more more sting um i can't quite put my finger on it but yeah it seems darker to me i mean i mean the pew you know in in, in 2017 the pew research center put out a, a study that basically said americans are getting more and more positive towards other religious groups, that, that Jews are feeling better about Christians, that Buddhists are feeling better about Mormons, that you know, Hindus are feeling better about atheists, like that everybody in this country is getting more positive about other groups. And, and so, 
yeah, the idea that you would try to turn back the clock on that and go like, no, 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 we, we, you know, we do better at the ballot box when Americans are suspicious of each other religiously. That's just, that's just so discouraging. And yeah. And, and I'll say that, this too, Bart. I mean, in the past, I certainly never questioned the sincerity of somebody like, for example, Jerry Falwell with the moral majority, right? I disagreed with everything he said, but I never doubted that he was sincere in his beliefs and that he really thought there's something different now when this stuff is coming from an administration with a president who's so amoral at the helm of it all. That's maybe that's what it is that makes it feel darker or more dangerous. And what's to me. funny is like I would have thought that these speeches would have come from Pence. If anyone. <laughs> right, right. There's the authentic, there's the authentic evangelical in the bunch. Yeah. I, I don't think this is Pence's style. He's not above using government to create an unlevel playing field for Christianity to, to, to thrive. But I don't, I don't think he would do this kind of stuff. Mm. So, okay. Like, I, I, you know. So it's a weird moment. Yeah. And so there's the end, you know, somebody says, so are you guys as worried about this as I am? And I go, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Evidently. Um, but, but I'm also... But I'm also saying that what we have been promoting here mm -hmm. in talking to people like Dave Fleischer and Phil Zuckerman, I mean, we'll have Yasmin Muhammad in a few weeks on the show to talk about kind of her Islam, you know, her journey through Islam. But the, the, the way we're talking about relating to believers isn't one in which we're trying to turn up the heat. It's one in which we're trying to communicate an understanding that we have that people's worldviews aren't nearly as much of a choice as they may seem. And that what we have to do in this country and in this world is we have to find a way to pursue common values and interests with people with whom we don't share a common worldview. Right. And it's, it's complicated. And it's yep. complicated in a family and it's complicated in a government. But I think we're on the right track here. And I, all I'm saying is like, you know what? Amp it up, baby. Be ready. Be ready for your conversations with people. And I think actually this is a good lead-in conversation where you go to, you know, go to somebody who's an evangelical or who's who's a Trump supporter and say, Hey, I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about impeachment or anything like else, but but I wanna say like, I'm real worried because I sense that some people in the administration are are talking about secular people in a way that it, you don't think that's true, do you? You're not buying that, are you? Because because I'm not that way. I, I think it's a real opportunity for us to to sort talk of about it. Step, yeah, and 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 not step to it in in furious anger, but to step to it in genuine concern. And almost um, vulnerability and say, I feel really vulnerable right now because I feel like there are some people out there that are demonizing me for political purposes. And I just don't want to be, I, I, I can't do anything about the rest of the world, but I sure don't want to seem like a demon to you. Do I seem like a demon to you? <laughs> right. Is that how you feel? Is that how you feel? Because I think sometimes people don't feel that way. But what's interesting is, is if you can get them to articulate that they don't feel that way then they don't feel that way much more strongly. That when people articulate, no, I do not agree with that, the act of articulating it actually seals the deal. 
Right. And I do. And for the record, it does help me to know that we are becoming a more tolerant nation. All the stats say we are uh, the, the Pew thing we should link in the show notes. The regular day to day interactions that I have with people in all kinds of different ways don't have this tone or flavor to them at all. Every even people who know what I think on the religious topic don't have an issue with that. They there's a lot of good tolerance. It's a cool thing. But it's, There's an undercurrent. It's just like when I was talking to um, talking to my friends who do the unorthodox podcast, those lovely Jewish people. Yeah. <laughs> and and they were all like, listen, anti-Semitism, it's always just beneath the surface and it can always be whipped back up. Right. And and so yeah, I I think I'm glad you're encouraged by the by by that by that movement, but don't be don't be fooled. Don't be complacent. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can be complacent. And the other thing is, is that you've got to recognize, we've all got to recognize that it's not enough to, to have people say, I'm okay with atheists. They need to see that there are people who have a deep-seated moral value system that, that, is, that is secular. So it's not enough for them to see us as like, you know what? It turns out you can be absent any moral value system and still not be a problem. They need to see that there is a thing that we believe in, that there's a thing we care about. There's, there are things we are committed to. It's not and, that secular people are good people in spite of the fact that they don't believe in God. Yeah. It's that they're good people. Because they believe that this life is all that there is and that the way to make the most of it is by pursuing goodness in the same way that Hindu people are good people because they believe Shiva and Vishnu, this and that and the other. And Muslim people that are, they're, they're good people because they believe this and, and that they know that like, I may think your worldview is bullshit, but I know that it's actually what drives you. And people need to see us as being driven by driven to goodness by a worldview because they won't trust our sort of like happenstance running on the fumes of Christianity goodness. They need to see that our, our goodness is generated by our worldview in exactly the same way everybody else's is. All right. Enough. <laughs> this is as, this is as, as emotionally upset as I've been in a while. Yeah, I can tell it bothers you. Yeah, it does bother me. It does bother me because this is what literally, uh, I, I shouldn't use the word literally, but this is in, in truth, this is a big part of our life work. Right. So Bill Barr, other people are mad at you for other reasons and I am too, but today I'm mad at you for that stinking speech you gave and doggone it, I'm going to try to fight the energy that you're putting out there by putting out a different kind of energy. Hey, before we go, uh, can I just say you got an email recently that you shared with me that I thought was interesting. The essence of it was, do you need to be a liberal to be a humanist? And you had some interesting answers. And I think we should maybe do a whole episode on that at some point. And the, the reason I mention it now is because I think it touches on some of the things or it's related on related to some of the things that we were just talking about in this episode. And so I think it I think be really cool. I, I, I want to do that. That was a great question. And yeah. And Maybe next Q&A. There's a teaser. Or you know what? I actually, I want to get a hardcore 
politically conservative humanist. I'd love that. On the show, like somebody who's working on those issues yeah. to talk about, you know, that notion that there are some, there are you know, some places where no decent humanist can go, but there are other places where, you know, we can, we can really disagree. So yeah, we'll have that conversation. John, before we go, I've got one for you because I, I was all upset and you were telling me that we, remember we did that show about all the podcasts that we thought right. were worthwhile. Um, you said you got a new one. So what is it? Well, so yeah, you were talking about last week in your email, how upset you were listening to certain kinds of podcasts. They were really bringing you down. Right, <laughs> right. Even the topic today, it's a very serious topic. But I've been listening to a podcast by Dr. Lori Santos, who's at Yale University. She did that immensely popular uh, course on happiness at Yale. It's the psychology of happiness and how do we become happy, get happy, stay happy? What robs us of happiness? It's the it's a, a look into your brain. And not only does her podcast on that deal with all of that stuff, but it does it in this great way that you'll recognize from podcasts like, say, Radio Lab or even actually Malcolm Gladwell's um, podcast, Revisionist History. Uh, she is being produced by Gladwell's company for this podcast. And it's- Oh, they know great. how to do a podcast, don't they? Gladwell's great. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He has really figured out this podcast thing. And so Lori Santos- It's called The Happiness Lab. Lori Santos in this podcast is not just telling you about the research. She's interviewing people and telling stories. It really drives it home. And I just think everybody who listens to this podcast is going to love it, including yourself. All right, man. I'm on it. All right. Now, you've left me upbeat. Yes. <laughs> left me with hope. Thanks for being here. Thanks, hey, Bart. thanks to everybody else. Thanks for being here. We'll catch you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than